0: Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver, wife, mama, CEO, and co-creator of Black Love. Listen, I'm so excited to announce my new podcast called My New BFF with Cody Elaine Oliver. That's right, fam. Join me as I talk to people who you know, people you should know, and people you're definitely going to want to get to know after our conversation. I love being able to get beyond what you see on social media or TV or whatever their public image is and really get to know a person. And trust me, we will be getting deep. I'm telling you, by the end of each episode, you'll understand why I want each of these people as my new BFF, and you'll be calling them your new BFF too. So keep an eye out on wherever you get your podcasts, and get ready to join me as I find my new BFF. Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docu-series with my husband. After seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships, we were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. (laughs)
1: <laughs> For me, I mean, it was very platonic. Like, basically what happened was we had a friend, we had a mutual friend that he was taking home. And so he was like, or my girlfriend was like, oh, do you need a ride home? We just live right around the corner from each other in New York. I was like, yeah, sure, that would be great. And so I was in the back seat, right? Well, there are two of them on the front seat. I just kept asking him a million questions. And <laughs> he's like, who are you, Bob Walter's back there asking me all these questions? And, you know, I've just, inquisitive curious and it turned out that we knew a lot of the same people because he went to howard and i'm from dc i couldn't even see him i mean i was sitting in the back seat so i literally was just making conversation it was not until mm, a couple years later like once we were living around the corner from one another we would see each other a lot and
2: And we lived in the same neighborhood so it turned out we were we both lived in brooklyn new york and clinton hill and right around the corner from each other. So, and that was, was a coincidence, I guess.
1: Well, actually with that, I just want to modify that a little bit because when we first met, I was living across town. And then maybe about a year later, I moved. Oh. Okay. And then when I moved, it just so happened that we were bumping into each other everywhere at the grocery store, at the bank, <laughs> on the subway, at church, in restaurants. And then I'm like, what? do you live around here? And then it turned out that we lived directly right around the corner from each other exactly. once I moved. Yes. There was one day we bumped into each other and I I um, was leaving town for a few months to do a show. And I mentioned that I would really love to have our pastor's CDs while I'm gone. Right. So CDs at the time, you couldn't download anything. That was like 2005.
2: Back in the day.
1: Yeah. And... um and I said, gosh, I, I really wish that one of my friends would send me his CDs. And all my fr- all my girlfriends were like, no, I'm not waiting that long line. I'm not putting anything in the mail, you know? And he was like, I will. And literally every week for two months, like clockwork, I got this package in the mail. And so I was just so moved that when I came back, I said, please let me make you dinner, which I wasn't that great cooking at the time. I kind of burned, but I was just, so grateful it was my heart and then and that's how we really started getting to know one another and becoming closer and becoming friends and then eventually people were like you like each other I know you like each other
2: but that took some time it, it was totally platonic for years uh, I can truly say we we were friends uh, I mean I, I didn't have I, I didn't have an agenda I didn't like okay I'll, I'm gonna get with her or or what have you we just kind of became friends and I I, I tell Edwina that was the first time in my life that I just I didn't pursue I I didn't pursue uh, a woman and that woman just so happened to become my wife well for for me as as a man I I think it was a very spiritual journey I think it was a time uh, where God had me in a, a bit of a consecration uh, period. I think he was preparing me for, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, he was preparing me uh, or entering me into real manhood, uh, to take responsibility for myself, my actions, and eventually someone else.
1: Like Kevin said, I mean, our relationship started very platonic. We were just friends, so we definitely weren't in this rush, and right? As
2: individuals.
1: Yeah, but as an individual, for me, marriage is something I wanted eventually, right? But it wasn't something that I was, you know, just in this place of anxiety. Like, I have to get married, I have to get married. I think that I didn't start feeling that until... God revealed to me, that's your husband. Once I knew that that's the man that God is saying, I'm gonna marry, then it became, well, when? Well, how's that gonna work, out? Or, well, so how's this whole, like, you know, relationship gonna pan out and move into marriage? But literally prior to that, I think neither of us was really in a rush, you know? We were, I think, both in very kind of personal development seasons where we were just really working on ourselves.
2: And I, I believe that the church we uh, went to at the time, Christian Cultural Center, Dr. A.R. Bernard in, in Brooklyn, New York, we, we both got a lot of training on what it is to be single and what it is to be a whole Christian. So we, uh, again, I think our, our focus was really on having a solid relationship with God and just working out the kinks in our own individual. Lives. Uh, I remember telling Adwina one time. I said, "Hey," uh, but I think that's indicative of my my relationship at the time with God. I said, "Hey, you know what? I really don't. I really don't need anybody in my life. I just uh, me and God are good." And at the at that time, I really felt that way because my consecration was so strong with with God. But I believe personally that's how it should be that the, the the woman and man should have a, a strong relationship with such a strong relationship with the Lord that sometimes God had to set the tap for you and say, hey, let me give you a gift.
1: For me, I think I was developing an attraction to him based on his character. So as we got to know one another, as I got to know him, at the time I was, kind of dating this other guy. And, but there were things that he would do that Kelvin would say, that's not character. That's not integrity, Edwina. And I think also growing up in a single parent home, there were certain things about men that I just was not educated on. And so to have a man on a platonic level just school me as far as what am I worth as a woman, right? You deserve this, you deserve that, you deserve that. And not in a flirty way, not in a, I'm trying to push up on you way, but literally to say you're valuable, you know, like you are a queen and any man that's gonna step to you needs to be consistent. They need to be, you know, have integrity. They need to have character. They you know, like this other guy was standing me up. He'd say, oh yeah, like at the last minute he called me and then, you know, and say, yeah, let's get together. And then I wouldn't hear from him. and I'd be all ready. And it's like, did you just stand me up? You know, what's up? And, and so I just learned a lot from Kelvin. And as I got to know him more on a friendship level, I just realized how consistent he was when he said, oh, I'll give you a call at six o'clock. He called me at six o'clock, you know, or if he said, I'll pick you up he picked me up or if he said, I'm going to send you, you know, a package in the mail, I'd get that package week after week, you know? So those were things that I learned to embrace. And then, you know, and so there was this little thing that I didn't quite know what it was, you know, that was attraction. But I think when it really exploded was when God was like, that's the person that's him. And, um, Yeah, and then it just kind of became this journey of what do you do when you have a revelation like that? And at the time, we still weren't dating. You know, so it's like, how do you hold on to that type of revelation while also continue to be friends with the person, um, even while you're maybe hoping for something more? I waited for a while. like It was a whole year until one day I was praying, and God said, he's praying about dating you. And, and I'm like, whoa, okay. And so that whole, that whole week I was just praying for him and I was like, okay, God, well, whatever he comes to say to me, I just pray it's from you. And sure enough, he ended up coming over at the end of the week and he said, I've been praying about dating you. And I I just tried to act like I had no idea. I was like, really you have? And he said, yeah. And God told me no. Right. And I'm like, wait, what? wait huh that don't that don't fit into the story that I had you know and but I had been praying that God that whatever he said that it was from God and he he started crying I started crying and that was the first time that we actually shared with each other our attraction for one another and that we really liked each other and what we had come to just honor about one another but then we kind of had this barrier of God saying no. And so that really started this process. It was a very difficult process for me of, okay, now we both share that we like each other. Now both of our hearts are open. And now for one reason or another, God is saying, don't date. And so I think, you know, as far as process, I just really tried to trust God in that. I didn't know if it was a no, I didn't know if it was not yet but I just tried to be as good as friends as I could, and the times that we did get close, and it was like, oh, 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 okay, all right. So it was a lot of patience, a lot of faith, a lot of trust, and then I think it was a whole year, another year went by until he was like, God gave me the go-ahead to begin dating you. So it was a, I mean, our courtship was a process. Right, we
2: had a, we had a long courtship. I, I think in total, it was probably, eight years we met in 2003 and i think um, we got engaged in 2011 and got married in 2012 so it was a process i I, I think the process mainly was for me i I think god had to do some things with my heart uh, with my character i think he had to ready ready me uh, this is my first marriage, and uh, yeah, I, I was I was definitely before before I got saved. I was definitely in the world, and I did my thing in the world. But when God called me, I think He had to clean me up. Uh, uh, he had to uh, wash me up and shave me, and and all of that in my heart, and and really get me ready to to be a king and to be a king with a queen. And that's not, that's not a microwavable uh, process. It, it, it takes time and it's a journey. And I think uh, that was a real test for me too, when Dwayne said, hey, I was praying and God said no. Because this, I think God was asking me, will you be obedient? Will you consecrate yourself to me? Uh, over anyone else, over sex or, or what, what have you. Um, because we were, we were celibate and Adwina uh, has been celibate um, all of her life. So uh, that, that took a lot of restraint and discipline and, and, and trusting God, but uh, he made sure that the reward was big.
1: Well, Most of my doubting did not come in that year, actually, because we still remained friends. We still, it was more so a thing of like, maybe whiny with God. Like, how come we're so great together? How come we can't be together? And then a year later we started dating and then we dated for a year and then we broke up. And that's when he was like, I'm not ready. You deserve so much more. I don't know when or if or what god's doing with me but i know that that we have to part and so that was when i kind of went in this process like god i thought you told me that that was my husband how is it that now we're parting? and then during that time i got a whole revelation like i'm supposed to move to california and so my life started taking this other turn but all along the way god sent confirmation to me so every time that I was willing to just say, you know what, this is just too hard. I don't know. Maybe I didn't hear you right. He would send in many cases a perfect stranger to me and say, that man in New York that does this for a living that looks like this. Da da da. da. Like they were so specific. You know, people were just prophesying to me in different parts of the country and they were like, that's your husband okay you've spoken and you've spoken again and you've spoken even this one woman in a nursing home that had like one eye you know from the caribbean she's bitch over and she's like you're gonna be mrs dickerson that's what she said to me where did that come from that literally god he was sending me messages in all these different places and so i knew i was supposed to hold on to this until it came to pass at whatever time it came to pass and it sort of culminated with um I was speaking in Texas and I had never been to Texas before. And uh, there was a woman that I encountered and she started, she, the first thing she asked me was, what'd you decide on California or New York? And I'm in the middle of Texas. And I'm like, I'm sorry. She said, what'd you decide on California or New York? I said, well, I just flew here from California. I'm leaving in the morning for New York and I'm packing my things and sending them to California. She's like, mm-hmm. And then she starts describing all the things that are about to happen for me in the entertainment industry. And then she says, oh and you have a partner in New York that you're supposed to reconnect with and that person's gonna be very influential and bring about the plans God has for your life. Okay, nice to meet you. And that was it. And I was with a friend of mine at the time and she said, whatever happened to that guy you were dating in New York? I said, well Kelvin, she said, yeah. I said, we've been broken up for a year and a half. She said, I don't know, that's who came in my spirit when that woman was talking to me. Within seven days, Kelvin and I were back
0: together. And I
2: was moving to California. What's up, guys? This is Anthony Clark.
0: And I'm Melanie Clark.
2: And we've got some exciting news for you all.
0: Now, most of you know us from season four of The Black Love Doc. But what you might not know is that Anthony and I have been successful life and relationship coaches for over 20 years.
2: That's right. And we're bringing our revolutionary style to our brand new podcast, The Amazing Clarks. Every week, we're going to get down to the emotional, mental, and energetic causes underlying the lack of your success in your romantic life and in your personal life.
0: And we'll be giving you tangible advice that will get you the wins that you deserve.
2: Hmm. Don't believe us? Tune in each week, and I guarantee you that you're going to find out right away... Why we have an industry-shattering, 90% client success rate.
0: So make sure to keep an eye out for our brand new podcast, The Amazing Clarks, coming up on March 16th on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: I don't think we, I don't think we had the, I don't don't think we ever had the concept, the, the conversation about celibacy. Uh, for me, I was part of a, which I'm still a part of, it, a men's group, a uh, Christian men's group, and that's just the way that was our lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and and I just knew with a, that was Adwina's lifestyle. Uh, I mean, that doesn't mean that I, I'm not saying, hey, we're a human. I'm not saying there wasn't a sexual attraction uh, there, but yeah, it was just that's the way we knew. That's the way God wanted it. And, and to we, I think in our own, in our own right, we were, we were holding out because we knew God had something good in, in store for, for, for us.
0: Hi everyone. I know you're enjoying hearing from this couple, but I had to take a minute to answer a question we always get asked. Where can I watch the Black Love docu-series? Where can I watch Black Love shows like Couch Conversations, Doula Dads, Male Versus Man, Moms With Coffee? Well, Tommy and I created a solution. The Black Love Plus app is available to download now for free thanks to our friends at Target. And it includes all your favorite Black Love content, including some of our live events that you might've missed, filmed for you and available now on Black Love Plus. You can download it wherever you get your apps Apple TV, Roku, your Android, your iPhone. Just do it today. Download the Black Love Plus app.
1: So we were together in New York. We broke up in New York. During that time, I was casting a show, or after that, I ended up being casting a show in California. Flew out here. I was out here for about four months working on the show. Then I went to Texas to speak. The woman gave me this whole prophecy, went back to New York to pack my things. My last day on the East Coast, when I was about to leave and get on the plane, is when we ended up reconnecting in Washington, D.C. The day The day before I left, got back together that day. So, And then I ended up moving to California.
2: Well, the reconciliation happened Aduino uh, was about, she came back to New York from Los Angeles to pack up all her belongings and her friends and what have you in New York, gave her a farewell party, which someone was kind enough to invite me. Somebody. And I don't think we had talked, we hadn't talked in a while. It no, had been
1: months.
2: It had been months. And I remember, so I remember everybody went around and hugs and kisses and said things. But I remember at the party feeling really kind of unsettled. Something was unsettled in my spirit. And it just so happened, Duina and I both have family in Washington, D.C. So before Duena was uh, going to go to Los Angeles, she, she the next day she was going to Washington, D.C. to say goodbye to her family. And I just happened to be going to Washington, D.C., what are the odds? And and I told Edwina at her farewell party, I said, I'll probably be in DC and I may reach out to you to, yeah, cause just to say goodbye. And and that was, my intentions were really to just say goodbye and wish her a farewell and uh, much success in, in her career. Do you want to pick up from that?
1: Well, yeah, because when he told me that, it's like I had such a guard up because it had taken so long to just get over him. You know what I mean? That I'm like, if he just comes over to be like, peace, it was nice knowing you, have a good life, it will break my heart, right? So I was like, I can't, I can't. So so really, when he called me, when he got to DC and he was like, I'd love to see you, at first I was like, no, 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 no. And my mom is the one who was like, you don't know what he's gonna come say. You should let him come over. It was Thanksgiving Day. She it said, was Thanksgiving. You, should let him
0: come too. you should let him come over.
1: And I was so torn because I'm leaving town tomorrow morning. I'm moving. And I didn't want to reopen this Pandora's box of emotions, you know? And and I finally did. I just stopped out on Faith. I said, okay, he can come over. And
2: Oh, now I'm on the spot. <laughs> what happened? Um, let's see. So I remember I, I wasn't sure when I got into D.C. I, I, I still wasn't sure whether I was going to go over there or not go over there. But I just wanted I really wanted to bring closer closure to just that chapter. So I ended up over there and we were just talking. And um, I think I apologized that things didn't work out in our relationship. And I just paid her a lot of accolades. And I don't know. I kind of blacked out after that. <laughs> and now you're married. And now, and now married. married. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 my story. Yeah, it I was
1: funny, out. though, because by the time God brought us back together, it was It was almost like we picked up where we left off. Right, exactly. You know, and I think that's the amazing thing just about following God's steps for your life. Like sometimes it can feel like there's a delay or there's a wait or, you know, I know that there's a lot of women that really want to be married. A lot of men that really want to be married, right? And so sometimes you don't trust God's timing. It's like, well, I need to make things happen and I got to make things happen. And I feel like there's a point where if you just trust him and you keep walking in the path that he's laid out for you, it's gonna lead you to exactly the place where exactly. you've been praying to go, where he's been promising to lead you. It may not be in, in your right time, but it's always worth the wait.
2: Right. Oh, I I, I I came back. They gave me some smelling salts and I came back. So, I mean, it, it, exactly. So we, as Edwina said, we just picked up where we left off and we started talking laughing. You want some food? Uh, family was there. Then we ended up going over to my family's house, which they have and it was a party, hanging out. Oh, everybody was like, oh y'all are y'all are together. Y'all are our items. So Adwina was flying out. I think she had a red eye out, uh, red eye out to LA that morning. So we were together pretty much all night. And then um, somewhere in the wee hours he of the morning- They went on me. Yeah, I think I yeah. Yeah, we were in the car and I kissed her and and we were back together and 3 hours later I took her to the airport and we had a lo- we did a long distance relationship like that for years.
1: I feel like in our culture sex is like god, right? Like sex is every 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 everything. Like the notion of celibacy or the notion of waiting, the notion of abstaining from sex is for some people so ima- unimaginable for me it never was right so it was it, I just never had that experience of oh my god I can't do this anymore I can't do it I can't do it and maybe because it was a lifestyle right it was just one of those things like I grew up believing you have sex when you're married that's for married people so I looked forward to being married I looked forward to having sex the covenant of marriage but it wasn't something that i was just looking all over to do without being married you know and so for me but it was different because kelvin and i came from very different backgrounds i was a virgin kelvin was not so you know i don't know if that was something that was like oh my god this was so hard for me or if it wasn't
2: well for for me in in celibacy especially when we had the long distance relationship I think that's what the consecration period was all about. I remember, because I was sexually active, very sexually active before I got saved, and I remember saying to God, God, it ain't no way. Like, no, <laughs> there's no way I cannot have sex. I I, I, I never saw that for myself, but um, throughout the years of... Uh, uh, just drawing closer to God I think you I, I think I learned as a man that I can control my desires and 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 when you learn that as a man that's power right because Hey, I think everybody can say we can hide behind sex. So you can have sex with someone and you still not know them or you not know what's what's going on. So Adwina and I were in or were in a space where we were forced to we got intimate, uh, but without sex. Right. So we had to talk about emotional things or some of those barriers where, yeah, that weren't there. Right. We, We couldn't hide. And. You know, having sex, having sex before and going through a period of celibacy, I think celibacy is much better because now that I'm married, it makes the relationship stronger. Hey, I'm gonna keep it real. If, if I can keep it in my pants as a single man, I, I can definitely keep it in my pants as a married man. Yeah, so we, that may get cut out, right? <laughs> no, 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 cut. Wrong. I know, right? that's the trailer. What? That's the trailer
1: right there. Thank
2: you. <laughs> We've heard enough for you. Thank you. That's a wrap. That's the
1: truth. <laughs> but, it's, but it's true, too, because I know women who are sneaking around and looking at the men's phones and, oh, my gosh, who is he texting and who is he DMing and all these other things, right? Or, or you know, we travel a lot. We're out of town, you know, apart from one another a lot. But I've never, ever been like, I wonder what Kelvin's doing. I wonder what, because our relationship is to God first. So we answer to him first before and then one another. So there's things, certain things that are not in our character to do, whether we're married or whether we're not married. So now being married, I think that level of trust, that level of unity, that level of loyalty, it's just really a beautiful thing because we know each other's character. We know it on a very deep level.
2: I, I definitely uh, credit my, the, the church I attended. Again, Christian Cultural Center uh, with Dr. A.R. Bernard and being part of a men's Christian group, uh, International um, Christian Br- Brotherhood, ICB. And it's it's a, it's it's one it's probably one of the largest Christian men's groups on the East Coast, based in Brooklyn, New York. But really, men go through more or less a three-year discipleship program. Well, we learn pretty much Christ and manhood are synonymous. So we learn how to be uh, a prophet, priest, and king. And hey, I, I didn't learn that growing up. Um, uh, growing up, I didn't really... I learned how to be a man from the streets or TV or whatever what have you but it wasn't until I came to CCC or into International Christian Brotherhood that I learned how to be a man in Christ and it's a big difference well I knew that when we when we got back together I, I I had, yeah, I, I, I knew that was it, right? I knew, hey, if I got back together with her, I better come correct. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not trying to get killed or stabbed <laughs> or... Um, but I also told Adwina too, and that's when we were friends. I knew that uh, the next, I told her the next woman I'm dating, I'm marrying. And, and really I, I used to always tell her that if, if I date a woman, I'm marrying her. And and that was that happened to be Arduina. I knew it was time. When do I know it was time. For for me, for me, I knew it was time. I think I was scared. And I think I was scared out of my mind. Right. Marriage is going from being single to being married is frightening for a man. I don't care what any man It's just frightening me. So I say it was my first time because I'm like, okay, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to carry it? Not only carry myself, can I carry someone else? Yeah, it was but for me, I felt like God was a father and and he said, you're ready. Even if I didn't think I was ready, you you can do this. You, you, you can do this. And I think that's uh One of the benefits of me being in a strong community of men, they confirm that I'm ready. And that helped me. Uh, I can't say like I did it on my own. When when you look at me, you look at 50 men behind me. You look at 50 men supporting me in my ear. So they helped me to hold me up so I can propose. And even now in, in being married. Now that I'm married, is it still, do I still have fear? Yes, I think, yes. I mean, but but my and this is so great that that's why having a good singlehood, I believe, prepares you for a good marriage. Because this marriage is not based on me. It's not based on me. And that is such a release, it's based on God. Right, I can lean into him. We don't keep our marriage together; God keeps it together, and I have an accountability to God, and Adwina has an accountability to God, and that that keeps us that that keeps us um, interlocked. So every day, every day is something. I mean, every day is a journey, um, but I feel I just feel like. God helps me, helps me. moment It's in a it's a moment by moment thing. Uh, helps me to maneuver through whatever <laughs> the situation is and come out on top. I don't know how he does it, but uh, yeah, he helps me to come out on top. So even though I'm afraid, uh, yeah, God, I feel like God has. It's it's not just me and Adwina. is is Adwina God and me. Like we're. We're tight, where it's the three of us and, and together we can do this.
1: No, I wouldn't say marriage is frightening to me. Um, if anything, I think marriage is comforting. Um, I, like one of the things I appreciate about Calvin is that he, he always wants to get things right, right? He wants to get it right. And I'm that way too, right? As far as wanting to get it right, but I always try to encourage him, like, you're a great husband. You're a wonderful husband. Like, if something goes wrong, he's like, what? you know, is was that okay? Or is that okay? And I and I appreciate it because I know that he really wants to make me happy, right? And I want to make him happy. And so, but for me, it's not a fear, you know, for me it's more so okay, you know, now we're we're two years and, you know, some months, almost three years in. So we're still kind of in the newlywed stage, you know, but also like we've learned so much in these last three years of being married, right? And so we're still growing, we're still evolving, we're still changing, we're still learning how to serve one another in different ways. Um, I guess I just feel like that's all a part of the journey. I talk to and with a lot of women, a lot of single women, a lot of divorced women, a lot of married women who wish they were single or divorced. (laughs) But, But definitely to the women who are not married, I always try to encourage them that God can dream a better dream for you than you can dream for yourself. That even while you feel an anxiety or frustration or fear that this may not, you know, that you may not find your soulmate and that fear or anxiety can sometimes turn into control, right, so therefore I'm gonna try to make it happen. Always try to encourage them to let go in my God when it comes to their spouse and who their spouse is gonna be. You know, I've definitely known a lot of women who've compromised themselves in order to get a relationship, in order to keep a relationship that was not meant for them. I've known so many women and encountered so many women who've been in relationships that were absolutely not right for them because they wanted companionship so much. And so, I believe, and what I try to impart all the time is that if you can be happy and whole as a single woman, then you're happy and whole as a person. So when you encounter your mate, then that person compliments you, but doesn't necessarily complete you, right? Because you're already complete, you're already whole.
2: That's good. Um, I think what I, what, what I would say to to men about marriage and, and, and getting ready for marriage is our our pastor in New York says, it, and it is so true, and um, he said that women want three things. They want uh, consistency, maturity, and decisiveness, and he said, men struggle with three things consistency maturity and decisiveness that's what we struggle with and so I think it all boils down to character like being married is about being a leader and hey I would say to men that our actions our 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 actions impact a family it impacts a community it impacts a country, so work on your character. It's real. Work on your character first. Do do that because, as men, we have that much power, right? But if we get our character right, we can we can transform. We can transform our families, our cities, our countries. We can transform the world.
1: And I, I, I'll say this, Calvin really helped transform me. You know, by me seeing a model, right, of this consistent, godly man, taught me, right? It taught me what what I was worth, what my value was, that I shouldn't accept less. And that's one thing I would say to women, too, that if you notice different aspects of his character, that he's lying or that he's cheating, you know, these different things that I think we tend to be very nurturing, we're very long-suffering, we want to help fix a man or, or 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 help to put them together, but then we also want them to lead us. and so I've known a lot of women who've been in in marriages and have been discontent because well my husband's not a leader and I'm the one that's you know you know I'm the one that's wearing the pants or I'm the one that's trying to convince him to go to church or convince him to be a great dad or convince him to stay in the house as opposed to being out at the club or whatever right? But I say that keep your when you're dating, keep your eyes open, no, right? Like be discerning mm-hmm. when it comes to the person that you're dating, sure. even if it's things that you don't wanna see, right? Take note of that because if their character is faulty and they're not working on it, it's a different thing like when you're not strong, like Kelvin was saying, I wasn't strong, but I was working on it, right? If a person's not working on it, then that is an indication that, okay, if you guys get married, don't enter into the marriage with this whole expectation that they're gonna become a brand new person, right? Allow the process to take place. And that's one thing that Kelvin said to me when I was like, are we getting married or not getting married, like for real, what's up? You know, but he was like, look, either way you have to do the work. It's just about which side of the aisle you're gonna do it on. Either you're gonna do it before you get married or you're gonna do it after but we all have to do the work.